The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Them boys from Sandy Ford, Delaware, baby. Perched on the Top Rope podcast. You better listen to it or I'm going to be on the Perched on the Top Rope and I'm going to drop this froggy bow on your head. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. This is the Encyclopedia of Wrestling Knowledge, Justin Largito. And with me is former Dirt Sheet writer for Ringside News and Sports, Keita Lee Walker, as well as our guest, Kyle, host of the Rewind on SmackDraw. Guys, how are you doing today? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, man. So glad to be here, buddy. I'm so glad to be here. This this is fantastic, you guys. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, it's great to have you, Kyle. And I get to sit back and not host for a change. So, Justin, what are we doing? Wait, Lee, why aren't you hosting? Damn it. You know, I should have known you would bring this part up. So, um, Justin, why don't you tell us what we're doing, and then I'll explain why I'm not hosting. Yeah, so I found $3 million missing from the company card, and uh, I'm currently the interim host tonight. Uh, that is not the truth. <laughs> uh no in all seriousness uh i am gonna run for the match card and host the show tonight because lee does not have the best time pronouncing some of these new japan names and i feel like we'll be here for a while possibly past someday what a Uh, shallow reason to not host your own show (laughs) the fear of mispronouncing some names no there's not a fear of mispronouncing names there's a well-known fact that for the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-view that is this Sunday, that Lee Walker will, in fact, pronounce names wrong. But, ladies and gentlemen, Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, you can check Perched on the Top Rope on the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling media call with AEW CEO Tony Khan. Floor's yours, Justin. Okay, let's get right into it. Let's kick in this forbidden door. So on the buy-in this Sunday, we have the eight-man, by the looks of it. Uh, Max Caster and the Gun Club, consisting of Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn. They're going to be taking on Yuyu Yemura, Alex Colin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. Personally, I'm not too familiar with four on the New Japan side. I know DKC is actually wrestling on Rampage this week against Hook. I don't know how that's going to go for him. Probably not that well. You know, Max Caster and the Gun Club, they've been featured pretty well on AEW TV as of late. So I'm going to go with Max Caster and the Gun Club. Pick up the win on the buy-in. Are you going to tell one of us who's next? <laughs> I, I apologize. Lee, I what, do, what, do you, uh, what, what do you see happening in this case? So with... This isn't awkward as at all, folks. It's yes, not like right. we just threw this together last second. <laughs> I'm actually okay. pulling up the match card. What's up, Lee? So, like, I personally don't know any of those names that you brought up. And the fact that you said that one of them is wrestling Hook on Rampage. Well, Hook is undefeated, and AEW is not going to have their Rampage shining star lose not gonna lose yet and it's not gonna be someone from new japan pro wrestling so i mean that right there just told me everything i need to know about the buy-in match 
that Max Caster, which I'm going to be really interested in hearing how he raps to this on Sunday and the gun club. Why? Because I know them, number one. And two, you told me what I all I need to know because of Rampage. Very nice. Very evil. Yeah, let's not bring up clowns. Anyway, uh, Kyle, how do you see uh how do you see this buy-in match going down this Sunday? I mean, I think it's gonna go down pretty good. I think it's gonna like I think it's gonna be it's gonna it's it's you know, Max Cast, you have the characters is what you got going on here. You have the characters. You got Max Caster with his rap. Everyone loves that. And then um, and then yeah, I don't know anybody else after this point. The gun club. Who the fuck is the gun club? You know? Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I will say this. I will say this. Off the top of my head, I think what you're gonna do is you're gonna have Team New Japan win this. I think that's it's just I'm gonna flip a coin on this one. These these are some of the lesser known people for me. I don't feel like it's that predictable though. I feel like, I feel like I'm just trying to take up air and, and try to figure out what I'm saying as I'm talking. It's not working out. I'm going to say, I'm going to say team new Japan for the win. Okay. So we got two, uh, two for team AEW, one for team new Japan. <laughs> okay. There's the buy-in. Let's kick it in right to the main card. We're going to start off strong as announced last night on dynamite. Brian Danielson is off the show, off Forbidden Door and off Blood and Guts. And you'll see the pattern of injuries kind of plaguing this card yeah. uh, as we go on. But I think AEW and New Japan have kind of done did a pretty good job of, you know, giving us a pretty good card for the most part, even though some people won't be taking part in the show. But we're going to start off with Zack Sabre Jr., which is a mystery opponent. And this mystery opponent will be replacing Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door and in Blood and Guts next week on Dynamite. Uh, I've heard multiple names thrown around, top three since the announcement last night. Obviously, you have Johnny Gargano. I think any mystery in AEW where you're just going to hear his name from now on. Jonathan Gresham, the Ring of Honor world champion, and he's been out with an injury for a few months now. And who I think this is going to be, and I cross my fingers, I pray, we see the debut of Claudio, Cesaro, any name he's going by. I know he did, took a trademark out on Cesaro without the E. So that may be the name he goes by. Not 100% sure on where, he, where he's going to go with that. But uh, the way it was described by Brian Danielson last night on Dynamite, one of the most technical wrestlers in the world, trusts and has the utmost trust in him to get the win this Sunday and get the win in blood and guts. And I think Cesaro matches that perfectly. Uh if it is Cesaro, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Cesaro will have a strong debut, and obviously I would say he picks up the win in this case. Lee, who do you see being the uh, mystery opponent for Zack Sabre Jr. on this night? So I feel like he wouldn't say someone's name or say someone was a great technical wrestler, this or that, blah, blah, blah. If he didn't have wrestled him stepped in the ring with this person yada yada now if i go by what <clears throat> fellow promoters in the industry are saying i would go with cesaro 100 i don't think johnny wrestling's coming back just yet but his time is coming other than that i would love to throw a curveball out there for everybody 
Mantar. How did I not see that coming? <laughs> not in all seriousness, I'm going with Cesaro. A lot of a lot of promoter friends are are talking that it's Cesaro, you know, just through trying to book him for meet and greets and stuff like that because he's literally done nothing since he's left the E. So, I'm going to say Cesaro. Yeah, and Lee, while I have it in my head, like we both brought up uh, the possibility of Johnny Gargano as well. Uh, it was pointed out today that Johnny Gargano is doing a meet and greet at a convention in Chicago this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And he actually had to go on Twitter and say, hey, guys, it's not me, even though you're not going to believe me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think we both stick with our uh, pick for Cesaro. Kyle, who do you see facing Zach Sabre Jr. this Sunday? Well, I, I got to start out and say that the fact that that Brian Danielson is out sucks. It's like getting nicks and cuts as a bald guy when you shave with a conventional razor. But I believe he's going to give someone as reliable as the Flex Series 5 head blade brought to you by Freedom Grooming. I feel like that person has to be Cesaro. Okay, Cesaro is going to get in there just as good as anybody else, just like the Flex Series is just as good as conventional shaving. Um, I think that yeah, I think it's got to be Cesaro, man. It's going to be great. He the, he mentioned also that he's going to be somebody that's going to be great in the future of AEW. And so that kind of steers me away from Gargano because I don't know why, but in my heart of hearts, I feel like Johnny Gargano is going back to WWE. I don't I don't know why. I just feel like that's the case. Um, so I, and I also think that Cesaro also fits right in with the Blackpool Combat Club vibe that you have with those guys and might be a future member. Actually, I don't know why I heard speculation that Brian announced this replacement as a future member of the club. I can't confirm that. But yeah, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think it's Cesaro. And I also think whoever you bring in also has to beat Zack Sabre Jr. to go on into blood and guts with momentum. You know, so I, I think that, yeah, the perfect fit is Cesaro, just like the perfect electric razor is the Flex Series 5 head blade brought to you by Freedom Grooming. Well, nice plug, Kyle. Respect it. <laughs> also, just a thing to point out, you did bring up the fact that this mystery opponent could possibly be joining the Blackpool Combat Club. Obviously, we said that they're going to be taking Brian's place in Blood and Guts on Wednesday. But I think Excalibur did make mention that this person is joining the Blackpool Combat Club. But yeah, Cesaro is definitely a perfect fit for that. Okay, so that was mentioned. Yeah, it was mentioned on commentary. I don't think Brian brought it up directly in the promo, but it was brought up afterwards. Yeah, that leads me to believe that it would be somebody like Cesaro. Just just like I said, because I don't know, it's complete baseless speculation, but I just don't see Gargano being an AW for whatever reason. I I just don't get that vibe. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. You know, hopefully we can get this Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. match at some point. Maybe it all out. Maybe at some show in Japan. You guys believe that this ain't going to be the only crossover event that we get with New Japan and AEW, right? No. Like, unless something dramatic happens and there's a huge falling out. Like, I believe they're going to line back up in the future and have another crossover. Because, I mean, what? New Japan was doing a lot of stuff with Ring of Honor. They would do their their crossover events um and stuff like that so yeah they, they'll meet up down the road yeah honestly this forbidden door show i see being a yearly event 
you know, kind of like how the King of the Ring was the big five. AEW already has their big four every year. Uh, I could see this being number five for them. We'll move on and we'll go into another eight-man tag match on the main card. For one night only, the Young Bucks are in the Bullet Club. It's going to be Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, El Fantasmo, and Hikaleo. They're going to be taking on the team that is being dubbed Dudes with Attitudes. Stop right uh, there. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> Did anyone talk to Sean and Diesel about this? I don't think so, but uh, I'm sure Sean and Diesel will be uh, talking to their lawyers about this later on. Those are the only dudes with attitudes this guy will recognize. Who dubbed them dudes with attitudes, by the way? I I have no idea. It actually just appeared on the match graphic somehow. <laughs> That's um, <laughs> okay. I'll go ahead. I'll give him, I'll give him a new name. Actually, uh, Los Stingabra. Gabaron, I can't even say the fucking name. Los <laughs> Stingernables de Japan. Uh, and that team's going to be consisting of Darby Allen, Sting, obviously, uh, Shingo Takagi, and Hiromu Takahashi. I'm very familiar with just about everyone in this match, actually. Hikaleo and El Fantasmo have been uh, making more frequent appearances throughout Impact as well. Uh, so they have a little bit more exposure in the U.S., as well as uh, Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Takahashi. They're uh, pretty featured names in New Japan, especially Shingo. Uh, I f- would imagine we have uh, Darby, Sting, Shingo Takagi, and Hiromu Takahashi take the win here. Uh, you know, Sting has to kind of get his revenge for uh, what happened with Red Dragon, uh, pilmanizing his leg a few weeks ago on Dynamite. Why is it called pilmanizing, by the way? Am I am I stupid here? What a... So was... yeah, so back in ninety, this would be ninety six, yeah, because because of Austin. So they did a segment on Monday Night Raw where uh, Austin turned on Brian Pillman, mm-hmm. and so he he folded the chair on Pillman's did the guillotine head. chair spot, yeah, on the ankle, and that's called and that's where pilmanizing came from, yeah. That that's pretty much where it originates from. Thank you. I sorry, man. That's been bugging me for like the last week. Okay, so I just need some clarity on that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like I said, Darby and Sting's team I see getting the win, and uh, you know this could possibly set up Darby and Sting versus the Young Bucks in a tag title match. I'm not saying put the tag titles on Sting and Darby, but I could definitely see definitely see it leading to that. Especially with uh, Kyle O'Reilly injured at this moment, and Fucking everybody's injured. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I, I told you. As we go up this card, we're gonna see it more and more. Bobby Fish, I believe, is still he's not injured. I don't think, as far as I'm aware, he's fine. But Bobby Fish is uh, doing a virtual meet and greet right now through Captain's Corners on Facebook. Yes. Yep, my man, Bobby Fish. Former substitute teacher, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Lee, how do you see this eight-man tag going? Uh, so it's interesting because I always say with like pay-per-views like this and things like that, New Japan usually takes more of the L's than the American company when these like things happen. 
but this is one where you have AWN New Japan guys, you know, teaming together. And, and what makes this harder is, you know, another match later on. Will they have the Bullet Club guys with the Young Bucks win? They sure enough have more guys to come out and interrupt the match than their opponents of Darby, Sting, and the other two from New Japan. Sting and Darby have Matt Hardy right now. That's it to like back them up if need be. I'm going to say by some form of interference, either I'm going to go with dudes with attitudes by disqualification. DQ. Wow, man. I know that's like a stretch, especially with AEW, but like I'm trying to be rational here, but most likely way overthinking this as I tend to. It's just, I think with that many guys, you know, that are in the bullet club and those who back the young bucks, that's just, I see it either as a disqualification or I want to say the bullet club wins, but I see some sort of interference happening on behalf of the young bucks and bullet club. 100%. I'm just like at a toss up between how the finishes and, I'm kind of going like WWE with it in a, a DQ finish and all hell breaks loose. Well, that would be WWF attitude style. You're not you wrong. Know, we're, 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 we're guys from both companies come down and all hell breaks loose, you know, like in the invasion angle when, you know, raw would end, you know, the ECW and WCW guys would come and interfere. And then, you know, the WWE guys, would come down and, and, and jump and be like, yo, we're unity, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, you can date back even further during the attitude era, Monday night wars, you know, when the NWO would come out and attack somebody, the whole WCW locker room would empty from the top guys of, of at the time, like staying Luger in this and that down to down to the, the talent enhancement for the night would all come out, you know, Take a page out of their book, AEW. That's all. That's all. That's the way I see it. It's the way I would want it, I guess. Okay, Kyle, who you got in this? Well, you have. Um, you've got. There's so many ways that this could go. Like, I see why this was complicated to you. You've got like eight people in this match, just like the eight attachments that come with your freedom grooming kit. When you order from freedomgrooming.com with your flex series blade, flex series blade, there's just so many things that could happen here, folks. But I got to say at the end of the day, they've been making this whole event out of like bullet club and elite. And just on that alone, I'm going to say it's, it's going to be team bullet club team bullet clubs going to make, going to take this. I think, the Young Bucks just won those titles. Um, so they'll probably get like Hikaleo to go ahead and pin, oh, I don't know, like Darby or something. Let Darby eat a pin. He's eating pins nowadays, so it'd be all right. Okay. And following that, we have a match. Uh, also following that, we have a match that, honestly, I wasn't expecting to be added to this card. I was thinking they were going to save it for uh, Dynamite to kind of fill in the show for Blood and Guts. But we have Thunder Rosa 
defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Tony Storm. Uh, and I guess you can kind of make the argument there is an association here. Uh, Tony Storm was pretty well known in the stardom promotion in Japan. Uh, I will say, Funda Rosa, and I don't know how you guys feel about her women's title reign so far. It's been very uneventful. Uh, I wasn't, I was kind of disappointed in the match with Serena Deeb at Double or Nothing. Uh, I think this match will be much better if they're given time, which I'm expecting them to be. Uh, but I'm going to go Thunder Rosa on this. I think her, uh, I think her reign continues. Uh, and we'll see who her next challenger is. I would have, I would have to check the rankings. I'm not too familiar where they stand right now, but I'm going to say Thunder Rosa retains the, uh, woman's title here. Lee, who do you see, uh, out of Tony and Thunder Rosa walking out with the AEW women's world title? So I was very fortunate enough to interview Thunder Rosa back when her and Britt Baker were going to have the very first woman's main event on AEW Dynamite, if you remember, Justin. And there's been recent reports that she's been hard to work with, as we've seen in a few matches, and you had actually brought one up. I find them hard to believe because she's very, 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 very nice person and actually remembers those she meets. Like I've met her a few times and and she's very like with it as far as the fans that she meets and remembering the fans. And she's someone who is actually thankful for the fans and things to that nature. So, like, I almost find those reports to be hard to believe because if we remember correctly, there's a reason why uh, Ivalice is not in AEW. If you remember the match with Thunder Rosa, where she was the one being difficult to work with during that match. Now, as a fan of Tony Storm, on the other hand, I would love to see that bodacious blonde become AEW women's champion. However, I feel like Thunder Rosa's reign as champion is just beginning. And I don't think AEW is going to stop that right now. As far as it being, as, as you said, kind of blah, not everyone is a DMD. Kyle has been on the show where a mistake has been made, where we've talked about this. This is almost like a deja vu moment. As Kyle one time had asked us, do you think that Thunder Rosa has gone stale in AEW? Aside from the music, you know, when her name gets hit and, you know, it's a great theme. So I don't want to put ourselves back in those shoes. So I'm going to say Thunder Rosa retains because the question was, is to us was if we thought that, you know, she had become stale and we all said, yeah. And then she became AEW women's champion. So Thunder Rosa retains. Oh, I'll put those shoes back on. I think, I think that her range stale. <laughs> I still, I still believe so. Hey, look, man, I'm, I'm going to die on this hill. 
WWE, AEW waited too long to pull the trigger on her title victory. And so it's just not as good as it could have been. It's not like it's terrible. A lot of people treat it like, oh my God, if it ain't knocking it out the park, it's in dirt. It's not, man. It's okay to be average. Like your set has average lighting. Okay. You know what I mean? It's okay. It could be better. I encourage it to be better, but at the end of the day, it's okay. It's all right. But, um, yeah, she's totally going to win. I think, I think, uh, I, I think, um, that it's since it's, they waited too long to get that belt on her and they shouldn't have just like you shouldn't wait too long to convert to electric shaving by going to freedomgrooming.com and ordering yourself the flex series grooming kit right now, $10 coupon, just say Kyle sent you. But the, uh, at this point where we are at is Tony storm's going to lose. And I think, I think at the end of the day, they, they just, they haven't built anyone to, to get there except deep like deep could take it, but they're not going to go that way. I think we're just working towards, um, honestly, uh, um, Jade Cargill uh, unifying those titles or becoming a double champ, the first double champ in AEW. And so with that, for that reason alone, I think, I think, yeah, Rose is going to retain. So Kyle, it's funny that you brought up the idea of Jade Cargill unifying the titles or being a double champion, because I actually did just pull up the uh, current rankings in the women's division. They're kind of in a weird spot right now, actually. So obviously you have Tony Storm as the number one contender uh, for Thunder Rosa. Then Nyla Rose is coming in at number two, but Thunder Rosa has already beaten Nyla Rose unless they're going to go Nyla Rose and Jade, which it doesn't look like. Uh, Chris Statlander, who appears to be feuding with Jade and is going to go after Jade next, either her or Athena. Serena Deeb, who has already been defeated by Thunder Rosa. And then Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who obviously has already been beaten by Thunder Rosa and have... Kind has of her own belt story yeah yeah she already has her own her own belt and accolade yeah so honestly that could be a possibility uh i, I mean i don't it's the only thing that makes sense they're your two biggest people like you just like like i said where they didn't pull the trigger on thunder rosa in time they didn't pull the trigger on serena deeb in time serena deeb by by all accounts maybe more with the hardcore fans than other people but serena deeb is by far one of the best women wrestlers on the planet her character work her in-ring work everything is top-notch but she's now lost you know going after i think has she gone after both belts no she's only gone after thunders it's thunder rosa yeah yeah and also answer me this what are the two divisions is there a t is there a tbs division because otherwise, shouldn't your two divisions be headlined? Like, if you only have one division, shouldn't it be headlined by both champs? Yeah. So when I look at these rankings every week, kind of the way I look at them, uh, because they are listed like Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill at the top. Uh, so I kind of look at the number one contender as the next challenger for Thunder Rosa in the AEW Women's World Championship. Mm-hmm. And then the number two contender is the challenger for the TBS championship and Jade Cargill. Yeah, but they'd already teased on AEW Nyla wants Thunder Rosa. Like they had yeah. her attacker and everything. Like and Nyla don't want no part of fucking Jade. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. So Kyle, I would I'd have to say that it's one ranking, but they don't have any sort of rank system for the TBS championship. Uh, Isn't that weird, I don't think though? there's there's no, Isn't that there's no weird? 
yeah there's no there's no division to it um if, if you look at who the challengers have been it's almost kind of like they're using it as like a secondary championship for the women because it's been all mid carters and like we even just recently saw uh marina challenge thunder rosa and she had mm-hmm. just challenged and, and a couple of weeks ago she had just challenged jade in jade's 30th match and lost so you know what else is weird the tbs championship gets contested for on tnt Yes, that is, that, that is very weird. That boggles my mind. It's, it's weird, it's, but it's, it's exclusive like it's, to Rampage. Yeah. And the TNT championship is contested on TBS. A lot of the time. Yeah. Now, I will say, I will see that TNT title does touch down on Rampage every now and then. But yes. you're right. Yeah, it pops up. They should be exclusive to their networks, folks. Uh, you know what I mean? And besides, why wouldn't you want Jade on fucking Dynamite, dude? Jade is legit, folks. Where do you guys stand with Jade, by the way? I'm a super fan. So I feel like I was probably the average fan on her with the fact that she Bro, seems you, like you did, not a baddie. Was, you ain't you ain't was, in the baddie section. Come on, it, man. No, 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 no. Hold up here. Like she was green. Like, and it was it was obvious. But that was that's okay. That's fine. Um, I kind of had a theory because like so many people were talking about it on the internet. That's why she'd been doing all the green with the green hair dye and the and this and that, <laughs> kind of like making fun of it to the fans, like like a big fu back to them. Yeah, that's pretty like, cool. Like I and that was my theory because that's when I like a lot of people were talking. She's on the internet. She's green. She's green. She's green. And I was like, yo, smart Mark Sterling definitely gave her some pointers and said, yo, dye your hair green. Let's do this and run with it. You know what else is green is money, and that's what that chick is. Yeah, money too. Like it's all there. Like everything is green. But like I saw it as like a almost like a f you to the to the critics out there by doing it. Like that's how I read it, and I thought it was a good like I read into things a lot, and like so through my perception of that, I thought it was a great idea going with the green on a you know because like celebrating the thirtieth victory, green balloons and green this and green that and. You know, they're talking about Jade's 30th win being, you know, celebrating with green, being green. She's green. And that, like, I'm like going on and on in my head. And I'm like, yo, that's where I was going with it. So to me, like, if that was like the, what she was going with, she won me over with that. And that's like what had me be like, all right, I'm a fan. Because like, in theory, that's what I saw everything as. So in my head, I rolled with it and it made me like her. As far as like the pairing with smart Mark Sterling, I think there could be, I, I think he like passed her off. Correct. Like she had, Oh yeah. Cause yeah. she's got um, Stokely came in. Yeah. Yeah. Like Stokely Phenom- came in and took over. Big yeah. ass, best mouthpiece that could ever go with her. Like, and I think AEW recognized that when they brought him in was like, Hey, Mark, like your time is up with Jade. So, and I well, thought the guy, transition He's like the on-screen lawyer anyways. Like, yeah. yeah, he is picked up by everybody. So, like, the – I thought the transition was a good transition, kind of like, you know, Brother Love handing over The Undertaker, you know, to Paul Bearer like type deal. You know, so I was like, yo, okay, that's pretty cool. I, I, the transition was a good transition. You know, and she's got the baddie section now. So, like, you can tell AEW, even though, like, in the beginning she was green – 
you can, you can see the writing on the wall. They know she's the next big thing for them in their, in the women's division, but for AEW in general. So you can see all these little things are adding up to a bigger and bigger picture, which I would have to agree is being the first woman to unify any championship in AEW because that alone just gives her that much more credibility to her name to elevate her to a bigger, bigger star. And let's face it, name a woman, I don't care in any company that has a better physique than Jade Cargill. Go ahead. It's hard. That's a difficult one to do. But no, man. Yeah, Jade's Jade's the future. Justin, do you think I could be a baddie? I could be a baddie, right? I think we all could be baddies, man. Man, I want to be a baddie so bad. Who, who doesn't? I, we should we should put in an application like Stokely halfway. Uh, asking I have, dude. Baddies. I think my application keeps getting lost because I don't get any replies. How about yeah. how about we go to uh, just start going to the AEW shows together and forming like our own baddie section? Lee, I'll see you in Rochester in two weeks. I will be there, bro. <laughs> Sorry, right. we derailed this into like a J Pipe show. I'm so sorry, you guys. No, no. <laughs> this is a good talk, actually. Uh, I mean, for me, yeah, for me, uh, definitely. I think Jade needs to kind of polish up her in ring work, but you know, nobody, nobody's perfect. I, I can't really give her shit for that. Uh, you you only do when you're that big of a star. You only need to know like six moves. Yeah, that's it. Do do have six moves to run through all your matches and then throw in like one new one to make each match just a little bit different. And that's all you need. And then you can do that formula for a year or two while you get better. Like you said, because her, her presence outweighs any in-ring work that she needs to do. Her presence is fucking amazing, man. Definitely. And like character wise, I think Jade Cargill is absolutely phenomenal. There are, adding new layers to her character as kind of we go on uh as lee brought up the green hair and the money and everything kind of attached to green kind of going back at the internet wrestling community for saying she's green and saying she's reckless and this that and the other uh adding the baddie section kira hogan red velvet and i said on the show a few months ago when malcolm Biv- malcolm bivens was uh released from wb I said, I know Mark Sterling is doing his thing with Jade right now, but I think Stokely Hathaway is the perfect mouthpiece for Jade Cargill. And so mm-hmm. far, he's absolutely proven that. And did, did you see his announcement that he was suing Stalander for like as, $3.5 million? As he should. Screw that. <laughs> <man. laughs> yeah, Jade Cargill, the baddie is Stokely. Just great act on TV right now in AEW. Which brings me to the next match on the card. And honestly, this would probably be my top three in the matches I'm looking forward to this Sunday. We have a triple threat. Winner takes all tag team match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions as well as the IWGP Tag Team Championships. We have FTR, uh, who are the current holders of the Ring of Honor Tag Titles, as well as the United Empire Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb uh, currently holding the IWGP tag titles, taking on Rapungi Vice, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. Uh, I think this is going to be awesome. FTR in ring has just been doing some of the best work throughout all of wrestling, tag team-wise. 
even singles wise, if you look at Dax Harwood's recent matches, they've just been just fantastic. Uh, I'm expecting them to kind of continue the FTR trend and uh, obtain the IWGP tag team titles on this show uh, to add on to the AAA and the Ring of Honor. Maybe eventually this builds up to the Young Bucks versus FTR again for the uh, AEW World Tag Titles, maybe all out. Uh, but I think FTR kind of has the belt collector gimmick going on, similar to Kenny Omega uh, last year, except in this case, it's kind of more of a slowly but surely winning these titles. But I'm going to go FTR, uh, but this should be great. All, all teams involved are just great in-ring talents, great tag teams, and I'm expecting a banger from this. Uh, Lee, what do you think? Where's Trent? <laughs> I like Trent Beretta a lot. I like Rocky Romero. They're going to be the ones I go with, and it, it's a little outlandish, so stick with me. Hear me out. I think FTR is the obvious choice, which is why I don't think that they actually win. I know that that is most likely what the case will be, but I think it's, you know, it's almost too obvious type deal. It's a WWE move. As far as the IWGP champions, you know, Jeff Cobb and his partner retaining and getting the ROH championship, that could also be a case because, you know, Cobb has been in ROH. Um, you know, Rocky Romero being part of New Japan Pro Wrestling currently, also wrestling in MLW, also wrestling in AEW. He's all over the place. I think this would be a, a great thing also for, you know, him and Trent. You know, they made a big deal about them reforming. Why would you make them a, a big deal about reforming, you know, reforming their tag team to have them lose? I, I just, I don't see what the point of making a big deal about them teaming together and have them lose unless you want the, Oh, that sucks for them. They'll never team together again now. Yada, yada. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with Trent and Rocky. It's, it's, it's out there, but most people would say that's probably the underdog tag team. It's, you know, neither one of them, you know, they don't have the, they don't have belts. The other teams have belts. They haven't teamed together in a while. You know, the other teams obviously have. So I'm just going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with the underdogs in my opinion. Okay. Lee with the uh, dark horse pick in this match. Kyle, who do you see uh, taking all, home all the gold in the tag team division? Hey, man, first of all, can we just talk about how great of a match this is going to be? FDR is just consistently proves why they call themselves the best tag team on the planet. Um, United Empire, as, as much as I'm not familiar with them, I'm sure there's a reason why they're the IWGP tag team champions. Um, and then, of course, Rapongi Vice. I remember watching them uh, uh, back on um, New Japan show. Oh, God, why, why does it like I always draw a blank? Whenever I try to think, what's their WrestleMania again? It's um, Wrestle Kingdom. I remember watching their Wrestle Kingdom match with the Young Bucks. I think that was the first year that Kenny Omega met uh, uh, um, Okada. 
there. And I remember just being blown away by both the Young Bucks and Rapongi Vice. Like, I know they're going to bring it. This match is going to be hard hitting. It's going to be consistent. It's going to be precise, probably as precise as the precision clippers that come with your Flex Series 5 head electric razor brought to you by Freedom Grooming. Um, in this, though, like you said, the, the, the FTR is the obvious choice. United Empire, it's like, dude, because it's like you could go belt collector with FTR. You could do this belt collector gimmick, and then ultimately uh, it reaches its crescendo with their third match against the Young Bucks, the rubber match. You know what I mean? The winner takes all in the rubber match for all the gold all around the world. You know what I mean? The biggest match, but rarely do we ever actually get that, right? We don't. So Rapongi Vice, even though, even though, I agree with Lee that they just got together. So why have them lose? They just seem like the team that would eat a pin. Mm-hmm. Like they really do to me. I'm going to go out and let you know what IW like new Japan needs some wins, need some big wins. And I'm going to give them the tag team gold. I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, 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 United empire, Jeff Cobb and great Ocon. That's, that's where I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to say it's going to be them taking all the gold. Uh, because FTR will get that rubber match with the Young Bucks and it being for the AEW titles, that's fine. Like that's that's more than fine. So that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, and it's important to bring up. FTR has kind of been bringing up on social media more frequently recently that they've been number one ranked in the tag team division in AEW. And, you know, where the hell is our title match? It's so. been a joke how many people got title matches while they were number one. Yeah. Um, they showed like six to eight weeks something like that they were ranked either second or first and all these other people jumped in front of them it's crazy yeah so all of us go in different directions in this match so that's interesting there we go to continue with the united empire trends the next match we have will osprey and he's going to be defending the united states championship of new japan against orange cassidy uh in a match i don't think anybody expected to see on this card uh, initially, from what reports are saying, uh, this match was originally going to be Will Ospreay versus Andrade El Idolo, but due to the uh, ongoing issues between AAA and CMLL, uh, that was scrapped, along with Ray Phoenix and Penta Oscuro appearing on this show. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited for this, uh, as outlandish as it may be. Uh, I'm sure you'll have your Orange Cassidy comedy spots in there, but you know, we can work. And I think this is going to be a great mid card match on the show. I don't see any other outcome than Will Ospreay retaining the title. He just won it just a few weeks ago. So definitely I don't see them taking it off of him. And I don't really see Orange Cassidy going over to new Japan for a bit to defend the title. And also just a random note, I did find it very weird that the past two weeks, Osprey hasn't been walking out with the United States championship until it was explained this week that juice Robinson, who was recently stripped of the title is now refusing to give the title back to new Japan. So I'm very grateful for that explanation as to why he doesn't have the title with him every week. Is that legit? <laughs> I think it's a storyline. Uh, okay. Yeah. Juice, uh, he wasn't able to defend the title recently due to, I believe it was appendicitis. I may be wrong, but I think it, I think it was appendicitis he came down with and uh, he couldn't make the booking. Didn't the same thing happen to Moxley? He got stripped for not defending the belt during uh, like COVID and stuff. 
Yes. So actually, no, it was right before COVID. I guess there was a volcano eruption in Japan, and obviously airlines kind of shut down. So Moxley couldn't make it into Japan. And wow. the way it kind of yeah, the way it kind of is in New Japan, if you can't make the fucking match, you're stripped of your title no matter what. <laughs> Jesus. No so interim champs over there, man. They don't fuck around. No. <laughs> um, uh, Lee, who do you see uh, walking out with the uh, IWGP United States Championship? I'm very thankful for that explanation. Going to be an interesting match. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. Kyle, you can go ahead, man. <laughs> so this is the match that a lot of people are getting pissed off about. And it's and it's it's a lot of people get pissed off when you pair any big guy with Orange Cassidy. It makes it makes the people that don't like Orange Cassidy's style come out in droves. They it's they treat him like he's annoying, like like he's like unsightly nose and ear hair, which you could take care of with the nose and ear hair trimmer on the uh, Flex Series electric shaver. Just just saying, but. It's going to be a banger of a match, dude. It's the low key, like it, it legitimately might be the match of the evening. Like it, it really could be. Um, I think a lot of people think that uh, uh, it is set up to be that, but um, I don't know, man, it's going to be fun. I think this one is, is probably the one I'm the most confident in who's going to win besides the Thunder Rosa, Tony storm match, which I think it's Will Ospreay. Um, I think it's a really bad look. If you take new Japan's, um, especially their United States heavyweight champion and have them lose to orange Cassidy. As much as I like orange Cassidy, uh, his only big wins need to be like very big story matches, not ham fisted title matches, you know? So I think it's going to be a great match. I think this is going to be um, match of the night as far as like singles matches go. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be dope, man. Will Ospreay. I think it's going to be the winner. Okay, so when it comes to this match, I got to agree. Fans, there's definitely fans that are going to be upset. And when I think of someone like a Will Ospreay, I'm not thinking an opponent like Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry, two different realms of wrestling. I would probably say that I'm 50-50 on how Orange Cassidy would do over in Japan for a new Japan event. Like, I'm not sure if the fans would understand the gimmick, but I'm not also too sure. Like, I think that, you know, there's 50% of me that says they don't, they wouldn't understand the gimmick, but then there's also a part of me, dude, they got Yano. They would totally get it. I was going to say, then there's like the part of me that would be like, yo, they have a dude dressed like Ronald McDonald in Japan wrestling and like all these like different weird ass characters and some like really, really strange forms of wrestling, uh, much like their pornography. uh, (laughs) Um, By the way, if you're going to look up that stuff, make sure you use a VPN like Nord VPN. Always hide your internet traffic in search sites. Don't let your internet companies steal your data. Sign up with NordVPN. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, just like that. You know, so 
I'm kind of like upset by the match because I think Will Ospreay. I don't think Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry. It's just the way I feel. And I'm going to say Will Ospreay wins. Apparently, I just gave a wicked long answer when I could have just said Will Ospreay and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, all of us are pretty much in agreement on Will Ospreay. Next, we have a six-man tag team match, which is kind of built to this Wednesday's Dynamite with blood and guts, uh, with the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club, Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Because here we're going to have the sex gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, uh, with Minoru Suzuki. And they're going to be taking on Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shoto Yumino. Wouldn't uh, they be the La Sex Wizards at this point? Very good point. <laughs> very good point. We're going to call them La Sex Wizards. Uh, Thank you. So, Lee, earlier you brought up that you, the fact that you see a brawl in the uh, Sting and Darby and Bullet Club match. This is kind of the match where I see a some kind of massive brawl breaking out, as we've seen the last few weeks on Dynamite with this uh, select few of uh, wrestlers. You know, I expect seeing Santana Ortiz in this, uh, you know, Matt Menard, Daniel Garcia, Angelo Parker, Jake Hager. I'm sure all of them are going to run out at some point during this. Uh, going to be cool to see uh, Minoru Suzuki teaming with Jericho and Sammy Guevara, I think. Uh, and I think I'm going to actually pick them to take the win here and, you know, get the heat going into uh, Blood and Guts. Uh, Lee, who do you see uh, kind of gaining momentum going into Blood and Guts this Wednesday on Dynamite? So, uh with the brawl, this is going to be the match that we see that massive hardcore spot. Sammy Guevara is going to do something completely outrageous because that's what Sammy Guevara does on a pay-per-view such as this. And this is, again, you know, a trios match where I think we see a big brawl, just like I think we're going to see one with, you know, Bullet Club and Young Bucks and their opponents. <laughs> I can't, I can't bring myself to say it. I'm not going to. Anyway, the dudes with uh, attitudes. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's that's Sean Michaels and Diesel. That's the Heartbreak Kid in Diesel. They were the dudes with attitudes, and Vince McMahon ate it up on the microphone. Every time he said it, it was like he he got he got a thrill off it. Two dudes with attitudes. It was it was insane. Um, and I don't know even know where the, the tag team name came up from, but they held all the gold in WWF at one point. Both you know, two guys held every championship for the entire company. Those were the days. Anyway. Um what were we saying? Who's gonna uh, win? Who do you think will win, you stone bastard? <laughs> You're welcome. Um, all right, what was the match again? <laughs> it's uh, Sammy Guevara, Chris I'm, Jericho, Manuel Suzuki. Messing with you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> However, I am going with Jericho, Sammy. 
and Suzuki after watching what went down on, on dynamite, it's going to be like those outlandish spots that make the match, but it's going to be the ending. I think that like really brings it into blood and guts with the heels going in with that much more heat for this match, just adding fuel to the fire for the faces to overcome and really, you know, win that match. That's where it's going to be more important for ratings. I feel like for the company, you know, have the heels win on the pay-per-view that entices the fans even more to see what happens on Dynamite that Wednesday. Okay. Kyle, uh, are you going to make it 3-0 and on this one? Do you see uh, the Sex Wizards taking the win? The Sex Wizards. Yeah, man. No, I'm I, I'm right there. Uh, you guys already spilled it. The only thing I'm going to add to it, really, to this is, yeah, you have a team uh, made up of, like, a, a, a wizard, a murder grandpa, and, like, a softcore pornographer which is a hell of a team dynamic by the way uh this this will be like what like oftentimes results in like some of my most favorite aw matches where they do the arena style no dq just the brawling match you know like that's usually reserved for like the sting matches but i i think that'll be this one to be honest with you guys i don't think it's gonna be straight up trios but yeah, for the same reasons like you guys said. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna go with Jericho's team. It's just because, like, you know, I hate to say it because I always get annoyed with people who just try to look too far down the road instead of the match that they're looking at. But I can't help it with this one. I just, I firmly believe all the baby faces will win blood and guts, and for that reason, I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that Jericho's team wins here. The only thing that's really weird to me is the fact that Suzuki and Jericho are teaming. It just feels like Suzuki would just not team with Jericho. Like, I don't know why, man. It just feels like, like, no, like he would, he would begin to be his teammate. And then like two moments in just got style pile driver. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that could happen. He could be like, screw it. And just beat up everybody. Be his own team. Yeah. Yeah. I know, man. But yeah, no, yeah, that's how I see it, man. That's how I see it with y'all. Okay, we're all going with sex wizards. And if sex any of wizards. you disagree with us, we'll throw a fireball <laughs> in your face. Yes. By the way, do you think a fireball happens at Forbidden Door or Blood and Guts? I'm going to say Blood and Guts. We're getting a fireball, right? At some yeah, point. Like, I, yeah, I think so. It yes. has to happen. It has to. I could see a situation where Eddie Kingston kind of reverses it on Jericho and Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic, dude? Somehow. Yeah. I, I don't know, like douse a fucking like tennis ball in some lighter fluid or something. Yeah, and, and Kingston just just like right back at him. It was right back at him, dude. Well, you know, uh, Ortiz used to ca- or, or Santana Ortiz, one of the two, they used to carry around the sock with the tennis balls. So yeah, dude, there you go. The <laughs> obvious tennis balls too. Like you know, they're supposed to be like billiard balls, but you know that's a tennis ball in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and moving on, we're gonna have the introduction of the AEW All Atlantic Championship. Yes, sir. <laughs> and oh, contested, aka a- Miro's a- title. Like just the Miro belt <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. But, yeah, uh, they've made this belt. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, Justin. This is my match of the evening. They made an entire belt for Miro. That's that is what this is, bro. <laughs> they made that motherfucker for Miro. Also, and they also like you know fuck the Pacific by the way too. Like <laughs> that was also a weird 
<laughs> we're some weird shade being tossed there, man. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> no, you're 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 fine. Don't worry. Um, so yep, in case you didn't know, we have Miro. Uh, and he's gonna be taking on in a four-way match, Pac, Malachi Black, and what was initially supposed to be Tomohiro Ishii, uh, who has, as we learned before we started the show, been pulled from Forbidden Door due to injury, and he is being replaced by Clark Connors. What? Um, I didn't even know this. Yeah. It, honestly, I'm very disappointed because I really wanted to see Tomohiro Ishii and Miro go at it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Clark Connors is taking his place. I'm not too familiar with Clark Connors, so this Sunday will kind of be my first exposure to him. As Kyle had pointed out, it's got to be Miro winning this. You would think Pack and Malachi Black are just going to cancel each other out because of the feud with Death Triangle and the House of Black that's ongoing. And I, I just don't see them putting this title on a New Japan guy, especially one like Clark Connors. So this is Miro's match all the way. <laughs> the Redeemer is going to take home the gold this Sunday. By the way, have we ever seen somebody so close to calling for a match against God since Vince McMahon? As Miro is like, God has not been embroiled in a pro wrestling feud in quite some time. And Miro is just calling this dude out left and right. <laughs> well, we got to have a payoff maybe uh, for that all Atlantic championship. <laughs> Jesus Christ. dude! But uh, Lee, are you in agreement on uh, Miro taking home the all Atlantic championship and being the first one to do so? Yeah, it's clear as fucking day like it's it's just it's the obvious you there's nothing else to say other than enjoy the fucking match bro it's gonna be so good it's gonna be a great match yeah this is definitely gonna be a very stiff very hard-hitting match i think like i said i do wish ishii was in it to get a few uh spots in with miro but Miro strength, Pox high flying, Malachi black with the educated feet, like he's the one, two, three kid, as Jim Ross would say, those educated feet. And then the other guy just, you know, whatever doesn't stand. He's like Clark Kent or something. (laughs) Barry Horowitz, what? Clark Clark Connors. Dwayne Gill. Jesus, man. Talk about has there ever been anybody that feels like a bigger afterthought? <laughs> Both for men on a mission. Oh boy. Oh, boy, Connor and Victor. This is gonna suck for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we're gonna go into the first of our two main events. And I'm very excited. This actually may be the match I'm most excited for on this show since it's been announced. Fatal four-way match for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. We got champion Jay White defending against Kazuchika Okada, Hangman Adam Page, and Adam Cole, baby. So this is just going to be awesome, I think. Uh, I was kind of surprised they went with a four-way just due to the fact that you never really see the world title in New Japan defended in a multi-man match. Isn't that neat, dude? That's so cool. Yeah, they, they usually kind of go for the singles uh, when the title's defended, but 
this this is just going to be awesome. I think uh, Kazuchika Okada, his his kind of spot on the show was up in the air for a while. Like we didn't know if he was going to be there, if he wasn't. Uh, but obviously he's here, and I. I I'm just very excited for this match. Everyone in this match is just top notch. And I'm going to say Jay White only because he recently just won the uh, IWGP world title from Kazuchika Okada. And I don't see them changing the title on this show. Uh, it's possible, but I, I just don't see it at this t- at the moment. Lee, who do you see walking out with the IWGP world championship in this? God, this is actually a tough one to call. Now, AEW has really seemingly pushed the Jay White, Adam Cole thing, obviously with Hangman and and with New Japan. This was a recent uh, change of champions for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship that they had within the company itself. Because originally, uh, Okada was the champion. So it's it's going to be an interesting match, and as you said, I you'd have to really really look back on a multi man heavyweight championship match for New Japan Pro Wrestling if there's actually ever been one. I'm not too sure. Like I don't know the history of New Japan to be honest with you. Like that's something that would be new to me to like know for like wrestling history aside from like the little things that I know. Um, I want to say Jay White does not retain. I at least want to say that. But as far as who wins, I'm still up in the air. I'm going to say Adam Cole, like, snakes. And we end up getting a feud with, like, the Young Bucks, Cole and his boys with when O'Reilly comes back and Fish versus the Bullet Club. I'm going to say you get the Elite versus the Bullet Club on a new Japan pro wrestling pay-per-view in the future. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the thing about this match is you could see this going one of four ways. Everyone in this match, you could definitely see winning Kyle. Who do you see coming out of this uh, on top? Well, new Japan's going to want to make sure that their division is, is tightly kept and well-groomed like you get with, the freedom grooming three size clipper guards that go on your precision tripper with your electric razor whenever you go to freedomgrooming.com. But with that being said, man, Jay White just got that belt for the first time in four years. Like four years since the last time he had the belt. Yeah, I look, man, I think it's gonna be a good match. I think um I think Adam Cole uh is is gonna is is eating the pin. I actually don't think he's winning. I think um I think actually Jay White's gonna retain. I feel like Jay White's gonna retain because I feel like the big title change. Um, I think it might come in that AEW championship match. And I want to talk about that when we get there. But for those reasons, I'm gonna say Jay White retains this fatal four way, which also, by the way, should be a banger. Uh, I think all these multi man matches are gonna be fantastic. Definitely. You just mentioned it, and that's actually where we're going right now. Our main event, or what? I would expect to be the main event on this show. It's been billed as the main event. Uh, what was originally going to be CM Punk defending the AEW World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi has changed due to the injury to CM Punk a few weeks ago. Don't jump into into crowds, kids. Guardrails always win. Uh, 
But we saw in Dynamite, they uh, held a casino battle royale, which was won by Kyle O'Reilly. And to and Kyle O'Reilly would go on to face uh, the number one contender at that time, John Moxley. I put that very loosely, number one contender. There was some uh, dispute on that as well when that happened. Uh, but it's going to be John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the match that is kind of, I believe it's three years in the making. We've been waiting for this uh, pre-pandemic, which is crazy. Right. Uh, yeah, I know they tried to do this match last year all out, and Tanahashi wasn't able to make it into the States. I believe that he, maybe he been, would have been in the G1 at that time, and that's why he couldn't make the show. Uh, but this, honestly... I think everyone is just kind of going with the idea that John Moxley is going to win. And I do believe John Moxley will be walking out AEW world champion here, but it's fun to think it's fun to imagine the possibility of Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, winning the AEW world championship. The only issue you would run into is obviously this is an interim world championship and it doesn't really make much sense to have an interim world championship and both of your Champions are either injured or in Japan and not on dynamite or rampage. Is he in Japan though? Uh, Or is he, or is he wrestling in the States? So Tanahashi, from what I heard, he's in the G1 this year. Okay. And that takes about a month of your schedule. So it's possible they kind of go without the world champion for a month, but I can't see it. So I'm going to go John Moxley on this. I don't know what their plans are after this with Moxley, who his next challenger will be. Actually, let me pull up the rankings quick, because I do have them still up. You see, the world title rankings are in a weird spot, too. Because uh, obviously you have John Moxley as number one, and then Wardlow is number two, and they're not going to throw Wardlow at the world title right now. Now when he's calling and, out the TNT champion. Yeah, Hangman Page is number three, so maybe you could revisit Hangman Page kind of going after the world title. Then Adam Cole, which is possible. We haven't seen Adam Cole and John Moxley yet. And then number five is Jay Lethal, which I absolutely don't see them going in that direction because of uh, the ongoing feud with Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor television title. But uh, John Moxley, I definitely see next AEW world champion and eventually we'll I would imagine Moxley will stay champion until Punk comes back and we'll get that match to determine the undisputed AEW championship. Lee, who do you see uh, walking out as the interim AEW world champion? I mean, based off everything you explained, it almost seems too obvious that it's going to be John Moxley. So I'll go with that with the idea of being more interested in, okay, now who does he face? You know, you put it on Tanahashi, what what happens next? Does a AEW star just take the belt off him because they know that, you know, he's only here in America for a short time, so you can only use him for a short time. So he just becomes a placeholder, which really doesn't help his career going back to New Japan, uh, looking like a placeholder, you know. Uh, the Japanese in, in their style with the strong style of wrestling, those championship belts, if you watch through the course of the history of New Japan, mean a lot. 
that's why there's always been very, very long title reigns, way longer than anything we've experienced like here in America, even up until recently. Now, recently, they've started doing uh, shorter and shorter reigns, which to me is almost disappointing as someone who grew up in the golden era where champions lasted a while and the feuds lasted for a long time. You didn't just go from feud to feud to feud to fill a pay-per-view card. You could feud with somebody, have matches with that person on television, you know, non-title matches or, you know, have matches with other wrestlers while still in a feud. You could do that. Nowadays, that doesn't really seem possible with the way that professional wrestling and or sports entertainment, however you want to call it, I don't care, goes. So as, as, a, as a fan of old school, I'd rather see a longer reign which would not be Tanahashi. But we also know that it's just an interim championship. So do we see Tanahashi coming back to face CM Punk? How long would it take to get another work visa? How long would he have to be in America? You know, there's a lot of things that play into factor with that. John Moxley's already here in America, so there's nothing to worry about with that. I'd be really interested to see CM Punk versus John Moxley just as much as I'd be interested in seeing Tanahashi versus CM Punk. But I think realistically, we're going to see more of a CM Punk versus John Moxley. But at that point, the question is, who wins? Are fans going to be happy that it's John Moxley who has the championship? And, and while CM Punk is recovering from surgery, recognizes that and says, hey, put the belt back on him. Or does CM Punk come back and Tony Khan says, OK, we're going to run with the original storyline that we had set up. And now it sets us back. Because, you know, now we're getting, you know, now the storylines we would have been getting at this time are now on a halt because the, Tony Khan decided to keep the, the championship on CM Punk. And now we might not even get some of those storylines that we were originally intended to get because now other feuds had to happen, this and that. But I still say John Moxley wins the championship at the end of the day. Rant over. Okay. Kyle, who do you have, uh, Tanahashi or John Moxley? All right, man. So buckle up because I got a conspiracy theory for you. Oh, boy. Yes. I love conspiracies. Yeah, man. Let me put my tinfoil hat on here. So it starts way back in Money in the Bank 2011. CM Punk just took the belt and went home. I think it was 2011. I'm pretty sure that was the year. But anyways, what everybody want to see? They wanted to see that WWE title pop up in, in Ring of Honor and all these other small promotions. It got everyone excited. You know what I mean? Ultimately, it didn't happen. And two weeks later, it was uh, back on WWE. But another thing, too, is all these injuries. I find it kind of suspicious. CM Punk is the only one that doesn't disclose what his injury was, what type of surgery he had, or any type of estimated return time. Because I don't think CM Punk's injured. I think it's all a story. I think it's all a work, my friend. I think that man is healthy. I think what happened is they saw an opportunity. He's going out there. He's wrestling an athletic style that's outside of his ability, and he got banged up really fast. I think he did get banged up, and he needed some time to rest, and he couldn't come out and defend that belt a lot. So here's what you do. You have exactly what's played out with Tanahashi, and John Moxley. You get everybody excited. You announce CM Punk and Tanahashi. But now here's here's where the plot even thickens further. 
New Japan probably still a little bit bitter that AEW essentially stole all the big stars that the Western audience was gravitating to. And ever since AEW was conceived, New Japan's fandom here in the West has kind of waned because all the guys are over here. So how do you, how does Tony Khan make it right? We say, Hey, give us ACE. We'll put our belt on him. Go ahead put him on New Japan television, have him run around, maybe defend it once or twice in some throwaway feuds, get some hype up. Let's get some buzz in the professional wrestling world. This also helps book another crossover event or at least a couple crossover matches down the road. So I think that's exactly what's going on. Tanahashi comes out, shocks the world, wins Tony Khan's belt. We already have a million fucking belts on AEW that we can fight for in the time being, okay? When Brock Lesnar was hoarding that WWE title uh, a couple years ago, the U.S. title became like the belt on the on Raw, and we enjoyed it. Like, it was okay. We got that shit. We got the TNT title. We got the Miro belt. We got the TBS title. We got the fucking tag titles. They'll probably bring out some trio titles. We got the Ring of Honor pure title. We got the Ring of Honor TV title. Like, we got belts to put on AEW. Um, So, yeah, let Tanahashi win it. Go ahead and get all that buzz going. Get, like, shock the fucking wrestling world. And then you build up this dream match of these two aged veterans. One of the, like, essentially, and who else was also... Who was who was CM Punk's biggest enemy in WWE? Who was his biggest rival? It was fucking John Cena, right? What does everybody refer to Tanahashi as? The John Cena of goddamn New Japan. Okay? It all makes sense. It makes fucking sense. They're going to put that belt on Tanahashi. They're going to build up this dream match. And ultimately, they will unify those belts in a month or two down the road when CM Punk gets better. And they fucking knock it out the park. And and we will all applaud it as one of the coolest fucking wrestling things to take place this year, this last decade. Tanahashi for the win. Wow. You know who else brought a championship to another company? Ultimo Dragon. Yeah. When he had the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship and brought it to WCW. You can hear about that in our interview with Ultimo Dragon and Sonny Ono. On youtube.com slash perched on the top rope and check it out on Apple Podcast. Just look up perched on the top rope. Wow. Uh Lee, thank you for kind of kind of putting that in there because I I needed a minute to kind of you know process all that that Kyle just laid out. That is uh, quite quite the conspiracy theory and uh very, very interesting. And Justin, I could see on your face that you were like as Kyle was going, you're like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't sleep. I can't stop thinking about this. All right. Listen, I'm, I'm neglecting my kids because I am so embroiled in this. It just makes sense. Why the hell does he just come out and refer to a broken bone as a wheel? The wheel broke. What fucking broke? Everybody comes out and lists what their injury is. We get x-rays. We get updates. Yeah, and we find out about it on dirt sheets. Yes. It's it makes sense. He's not fucking injured, man. He's not injured. He said, Tony Khan, I had the coolest opportunity back in 2011 at Money in the Bank. Let's do it. Let's do what WWE was too scared to do. Fucking makes sense, man. 
Yeah. Uh, I will say if that is the case and that's the direction they go, I will not be disappointed because whew, it's hot in here. I'll throw, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll throw one out there. This is CM, Will CM Punk be at Forbidden Door? I think so. I think we get at least an they are in Chicago. They're in the United Center where Punk made his AEW debut back in August. So I think we do get at least an appearance from Punk just to do maybe a promo before the uh, main event. To stare off, to hold his belt up in front of Tanahashi after he wins it from John Moxley. Okay. Now, my you know final question, Justin, take back over. Because this is one that I, I've been thinking about the whole night. Now, the pay-per-view is, is Forbidden Door. Now, I think that if we're going to see this become an annual pay-per-view that Kyle had talked about, I think a few guys are going to have to get out of some contracts. Phoenix, Penta. Well, let, let me clarify. My thought isn't that it will be an annual event. My thought, personally, is they will meet again down the road. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. But like, if this were to become an annual pay-per-view... I would have to say Penta, Phoenix, and uh, Andrade would have to get out of the CMML AAA contracts or there'd have to be some sort of agreement to allow them on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. My, my question is, for the both of you guys, is aside from who we already know that is announced on the pay-per-view, has matches, do we get any surprises throughout the night of people not announced showing up at the pay-per-view? And if so, who do you think we see? So I think it's definitely possible. Uh, one name that, you know, kind of going back over the card, I noticed was kind of a glaring omission was there's no uh, Tetsuya Naito on this show. I don't know where he would kind of fit in which match and where he would make an appearance. But I think he would definitely have to make some kind of appearance on this show, unless there's something else going on where he has some kind of injury or he has there's a personal still... matter to uh, handle. Well, they're going to announce one more match on Rampage. Okay. I, I don't know if Naito, you know, would be relegated to just like a Rampage announcement. Probably not because Naito is a huge deal. Yeah. But there is there is one more match. According, according to... WrestlingHeadlines.com. There's one more match to be announced on Rampage. Okay. Yeah. Naito's kind of the guy. Uh, you wouldn't like wait to the last show, especially if it's like Rampage, to just kind of throw his name onto the card. So even though I, I, I do still think we get some kind of appearance from him, uh, honestly, I'm kind of surprised we didn't get maybe a casino battle royale on the buy in with AEW and New Japan talent. The only reason I could see them not wanting to go that direction is they just did one on TV like three weeks ago. So I understand that. Uh, I did think it was kind of interesting, though. Uh, we didn't get any kind of uh, battle royal with both uh, both companies' talent. Yeah. Is there anyone uh, you guys see possibly showing up on this show with some kind of surprise? Yano. Okay. Yeah, because if Cesaro is debuting, you don't want to like undercut him you know what i mean you don't want somebody else to kind of steal the thunder of like the big debut so i feel like any other people that aren't announced that that will show up like quietly 
I think Yano would show up and he would probably show up in the, Oh, where's a, where's a, a match where you could have a good comedy spot. The, the sex wizards match. Okay. I think you could have Yano show up there. I think he's with chaos. So I don't know who, where's Shada line. Where's his allegiance. Where's Shada. Well, if he's with chaos, there's a possibility. Maybe the orange Cassidy will Osprey match. Hmm. I'm not sure. I, I feel like Yano would be there for a comedy spot, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I'm just going to say Yano because, like I said, I, I feel like you'd be kind of doing, if if Cesaro's debuting, I feel like you'd be kind of doing him dirty by having somebody else be an even bigger debut at yeah. the show. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I get what you're saying. Uh, Lee, who do, you, who do you see that uh, is kind of a noticeable omission from this card? I mean, maybe not like a notable per se, but like I would have liked to have seen Evil. I just had Evil in my head too. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. you know, where he's he part of be. Bullet Club, right? Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, I'm thinking maybe he's one of the ones that help interfere. Maybe we see some impact bullet club people like ace austin oh shit yeah i forgot all about that man or Um, you know you know show up or chris bay yeah chris bay is another one or you know maybe we see some former members of the bullet club angry that they got kicked out of bullet club jeff jarrett you know jeff jarrett uh (laughs) he, he was bullet club uh recently added was uh scott norton to the bullet club i i maybe we see him oh, you know, about the gorillas of destiny where are they at man well and that's what i'm saying like what if they show up you know but there's a lot of names out there you know feuding with the bullet club also that i thought hey maybe you know these guys will be part of this uh maybe not but i, I was i'm i'm saying i would have thought evil would have had some sort of match but i'm also not ruling out the fact that he's not He's he could be a surprise to and it's just I don't know how well he'd be perceived or like noticed type deal aside from them saying his name type deal. But mm-hmm. I thought evil for you know he was he he was in my head and you know anytime you see me Justin in the winter time well, I'm always in a bullet club hoodie. Yep. So I, I'm going evil all the way. I, I hope I see him on. Okay. Uh, and, you know, just to close it out, uh, obviously we've gone through the card. And like I said at the beginning, a lot of injuries have changed this card around. Obviously the CMLL and uh, AAA issues preventing Andrade and the Lucha Brothers from appearing on the show. Uh, what do you guys think of the card overall? And do you think, AEW did a good job with the build and the hype to the show leading in. No, no, I don't think, I think the fans are the ones building and hyping the show. Mm -hmm. I think AEW didn't do them that best. And I mean, I think this is, I don't think that's like a hot take either. I think everybody kind of agrees that AEW really didn't do the best job. Not only like building the rivalries and the matches, they didn't really do a good job, like educating the, the fans on who these new Japan people are. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of these New Japan members that came out. Me, 
who I'm not a hardcore fan, but I know I watch pro wrestling way more than like some average person that I walk into that they're like, oh yeah, I like wrestling. You know, I mean, I know I watch way more than they do. And, um, and yeah, there's a lot of people that I'm like, man, I wish I just had like a quick little video package. Let me know something a little bit more. Other than that, man, where the cards at dude, I'm still stoked. I think, I think at the end of the day, the one place that new Japan and AEW deliver regardless is in the ring, man. You know what I mean? So I think, I think uh, the matches alone, I think we're going to be exhausted by the end by like just the quality of these matches that come out. There's off the top of my head. I know four that all could easily be match of the night, you know? So I think it's going to be great, but yeah, the build wasn't the best, but who, who cares, man? If you're going to do this event later on, we'll get the perfect, the perfect storm show down the road. You know, your first one doesn't always have to be the best. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you on that, Kyle. Lee, what's what's your opinion on the show and kind of going into it? I think the build was trash when they realized everybody was injured and they were like, well, <laughs> shit, why fucking waste the marketing money on this? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we, we went from a fucking A-listed show down to the fucking, we had to fucking reach down deep. Got C's. We're solid C's across the yeah, board. We're C's sol- and B's. Yeah, we're solid C's and B's. Fuck, like even no Kenny Omega. Like, yeah, he, there's another that name. we know of. Hey, yeah. Hangman's looking oh, for some yeah. brooms. If y'all watch you know, Being so the Elite. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, eh. And like with Kyle thinking, you know, if this became a yearly pay-per-view, that would be cool. If it if it just becomes like a couple here and there type deal, that's cool too. But I think there needs to be another one for the matches that we were supposed to get. I don't need storylines. I don't need a build-up. Just give me the damn matches. The, the storytelling can tell itself in the ring because that's all I need for that with those matches. I've never in my entire life seen where a forbidden door is open and them explain who these other people are. It's just automatically assumed that we know. The problem is this pay-per-view is catered more towards specific fans, whether you're a fan of New Japan, you're a fan of AEW. This is more towards the rest the, you know, the internet wrestling community. The average WWE fan is are our kids. Kids aren't out there searching for New Japan Pro Wrestling. They probably don't even know what it is because when I was a kid, I sure as hell didn't know what it was up until, you know, tape trading in the mid to late 90s. And even then, I was never a tape trader, so I didn't really know what it was. Even with the internet at that time, I didn't know what it was because, uh, look, you know, the the wrestling dirt sheets at the time, which was really only a few like ProWrestling.com, uh, RingsideNews.com, which actually started in like 96. It's like one of the oldest ones. And then there's Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave was like the only one covering anything of the sorts. But you weren't going to his. I always went to like ProWrestling.com. And when I was a kid, that was the website you went to. So there's never been a crossover or anything if you think about ring of honor and new Japan impact, new Japan impact actually does a little bit better job telling you who the hell the people are, at least, you know, if you're not a follower of new Japan, at least impact does do justice in explaining who the people are that, you know, you are 
seeing on television instead of AEW. Oh my God, it's Tanahashi. Well, why the hell should I be excited for Tanahashi? Who the hell is Tanahashi? Where the hell is Tanahashi from? What the hell is, you know, people, the average fan doesn't know what the hell New Japan is. They don't know a lot of these other companies. They don't, they don't know who these wrestlers are. I'm a prime example, even though I'm in the, you know, I don't want to say I'm in the business. That's totally not fair anymore. Uh, having worked for these dirt sheets, like you get even more exposure to all these different companies but like aside from that no i don't follow like i don't follow new japan pro wrestling that much i know a few names but it's because they've come elsewhere to here in the states for the most part you know i can i can tell you a lot about new japan with the early 90s like did you all know hulk hogan and Sam Moo from the Head Shrinkers and the WWF used to team together in New Japan Pro Wrestling even before Head Shrinker Sam Moo was even in WWF. Like, I mean, come on, that's like incredible stuff to hear. And Hulk Hogan could wrestle, by the way. Just watch a New Japan match. Watch him versus Great Muda. Incredible. Hulk Hogan does an Inziguri. You never would have thought about it. And and it, but it happened. Their, their style of wrestling brings out a whole different side, but the American fans aren't fully exposed to it yet. And we're still not fully exposed to it yet because new Japan pro wrestling can't really get a great TV deal here in America. As Kyle also said, AEW, if you know someone from new Japan pro wrestling, it's because AEW brought them in, signed them and said, see a new Japan. So like, is this just like the forbidden door as a way of being like, Hey, I know I Tony Khan saying, Hey, I know you, I fucked your company a little bit here. Come, come to America. Maybe we can give you a little more exposure and maybe here's our world title. Yeah. But that's what he's doing. He Here's our world title. <laughs> here it yeah. is. Go ahead. Exactly. Please take everything it. goes back to Kyle. I'm sorry. It makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. It <laughs> makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm all for Kyle's theory. Like Thank as you. I just played everything out rolling like that, there's everything that's needed. Thank you, Kyle. Hey, you're welcome, man. So that's everything in a nutshell for me, Justin, right there. It all turns back. It all came back to Kyle's Kyle's conspiracy. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm <laughs> fucking trying to say it, man. He's not injured. Go check on him. Go check CM Punk right now. He ain't got shit on his legs. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's find out who his doctor is. I'm calling. Telling you, man. Um, I'm calling to ask about Phil Brooks. <laughs> Hey, by the way, I, I it wasn't part of the official recording, so I fucking I was able to accomplish it though. I drank a whole gallon of water during the show. I dude, yeah. I washed I, your bottle. Fucking, I have got to piss like, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe I legitimately drank a gallon of water in a two-hour span. Fucking shit, man. Well, with that being said, Kyle, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? on social media where they can find the rewind smacked raw podcast plug away my friend hey man well when i'm not enjoying a baby smooth shave that can only be offered up by the precision uh flex series five head electric razor brought to you by freedom grooming i like to stream my show the rewind on twitch.tv slash smacked raw we do it typically every sunday at nine o'clock with the exception um, whenever there's pay-per-views. So like with the exception, if you guys want to check this out, we'll be up, we'll be doing our um, uh, analysis of the show Monday night, um, 7 p.m. Otherwise on, uh, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash smack. God, I got to piss. YouTube.com slash smack draw podcast. 
you can follow me on Twitter at the Kai Tai Show. Our show's page is at SmackDraw Pod. Uh, not only do you have my show on SmackDraw, though, you also have uh, Will Gray hosting the Botch Spots and Chair Shots uh, show, which is fantastic. Me and RN usually guest highlight on that show on what will be now Thursday nights. Uh, on top of that, he does a shitload of fantastic interviews. Uh, some of the notable people we've had interviews with lately has been uh, Al Snow. He was awesome. Josh Alexander was on. Um, uh, uh, fuck, why am I drawing a blank? Former Impact Women's Champion. Uh, God damn it, they sent her shit in a trash bag. Um, Mickey James. Mickey James, I got a piece so bad. Um yeah, just check us out, man. We're everywhere. We're also on like Spotify, all those, all those podcast platforms, everything. Thank you guys for having me. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> Kyle, we are so glad that you could come out and join us. Thank you, fans. Make sure you check out all his stuff. He also has this great thing on YouTube with these 10-second reviews. And I, I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, well, how do you do a 10 second review of a two and three hour show go to his youtube page and find out because trust me they are hilarious ladies and gentlemen this has been another episode of perched on the top rope you can find us everywhere and anywhere podcasts can be found you can find us on apple spotify google amazon podbean podbay Red Circle, and anywhere podcasts can be found. Just find us on Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. Our subscribers are increasing like crazy. We're coming in on 430. You can see fantastic videos like Matt Cardona winning the NWA championship for the first time. That got us over 40,000 views on that. We also have great interviews with the likes of Jake the Snake Roberts that hit 4.5 thousand. Buddy Murphy, after he was released from WWE, various videos of those anywhere from one to four thousand. We have a recent video of Jake, of wow, not Jake, of Ric Flair actually uh, training with Jay Lethal. That video has hit over two thousand. So go check out those and all our video interviews at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. We are slowly closing in on that 10th, that 10,000 like we can't wait to hit that. You can find us on Instagram at perched on the top rope podcast. If you like wrestling memes, that is the place to be. You can find us on Twitter where uh, every once in a while when we catch some wrestling, we get that opportunity to live tweet. I say catch the opportunity to watch live wrestling. It's on literally every day of the week. I'm sorry, fans. Uh, it's it's Perch Top Rope. You can also find us retweeting Kyle's stuff and other podcasters, so make sure you check all of them out as well. Fantastic shows. Otherwise, I wouldn't retweet them. Bro, I could have put out a house fire with that stream. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm going to be pissed until like three in the morning. <laughs> swear to God. Why did I drink a gallon of water on your show? Well, that was fucking stupid. It was really stupid, man. Yeah. 
I've, I've never seen anyone drink a gallon of water so fast, but congratulations. You did Kyle. Now you have, now you have, man. I feel like that should be a challenge every show. So like next show, Justin, you got to drink a gallon of water. Look, oh, I feel, that, bro. I'm not going to last. I feel pressured, man. And every time I do your show, I want something to stand out. Okay. I want to do something for you guys. Well, you're you and your gallon of water and your flushing, flowing urethra totally did it. So thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as always, spoiler freeze, the way to be. But hold on, remember tomorrow, Friday, 1 p.m., perched on the top rope, AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door media call with Tony Khan. When we get the audio, that will be with this show. So you got a lot of surprise content coming after this. So remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be, we're out. Mm-hmm.